This is why people need to support this show so I can quit this stupid job and don't have to travel and sit in freaking Marriott Courtyard hotels and do bullshit meetings! I want to do the show! Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's May 27, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 203. This is No Agenda. Wallowing in We Told You So Juice and coming to you from the Marriott Courtyard Crackpot Command Center in San Francisco, California, in Gitmo Nation West in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And coming from a bucket here in northern Silicon Valley where I sound like crap, <laughs> I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. You got complaints? <laughs> I don't even know what this sounds like, but I know I sound like crap. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not crap. It's uh, more like doo-doo. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. In the morning so to we, you. We had a belated start. We tried to start the show a little earlier, and then it... It died leaving me on the air. Yeah. <laughs> and believe me, when when the world comes to an end, the last person you want on the air is John. <laughs> because all he does is sing. He's like he's on the Titanic on his way down. Top of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, uh, something interesting just kind of to start off lightheartedly. You know how I use the word jabroni? Yeah, what does that mean anyway? Well, it's funny because I grew up with this word. Um, I remember my parents used to say it all the time. And, um, you know, it'd be kind of like, I always thought it meant kind of like a douchebag. And I start getting an email from people saying, hey, man, that's so cool you use the word jabroni um, because, you know, I'm, I'm in the professional wrestling scene or I'm into wrestling. And essentially, a jabroni is the guy who loses but who threw the fight. That's what the, and it comes from, I guess, a jabber. And I'm like, and then I start looking it up, right? And and everywhere, Wikipedia, dictionaries, everywhere, it says the word um, started being used in like 2004 or 2005. I'm like, but I've been using this for 40 years. So I pop my dad an email. He says, I don't know. I heard it from my brother who was uh, talking with his Italian friends. He says, uh, I don't know. So I send it to my sister who's been living in Italy for 20 years. She says, if... Is not an Italian word. There's not even a J in the Italian alphabet. And uh, I can't figure it out. Where where does this word come from originally? It's, it's, it's not Another weird. mystery. It's a huge mystery. One we must figure out. Where is the word? What is the entomology of jabroni? You know, I did a column in PC Magazine sometime in the 90s, I recall. Because uh, I was kind of annoyed by the word nerd. Okay. And so, and no one had ever done an entomology of the word. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they did, but they were all lame, lame and they were all guessing. It was almost like, you know, the, again, the 12 year old saying, I think it came from here. I think it came from there. Right. And, and they were getting it from ne'er do well, which hmm. made no sense to me whatsoever. So I started doing as much research as I could and I finally tracked it down. And then I checked with, uh, with Dr. Seuss from the white house. Uh, literally, <laughs> yeah. and it came from a 1950s book, If I Ran the Zoo. Huh. That's the first use of the word uh, a nerd, and I, no, I could find no predating of, since ni- from 1950. I couldn't find anything in the 40s, 30s of, of anyone ever using the word. It began usage with this character, and it was a little bitty, nerdy-looking guy. So huh. it made nothing but sense to me that this was what the so etymology. It's a, so it's a it's a made up word made up by Dr. Seuss. Yeah, 
cool. Yeah, so it's made up by Dr. Seuss as a nerd, and so I and so I confirmed it with Seuss and and his assistant and uh, Geis is his name. Uh, I can't remember his first name. The, the the writer, and he was pretty old then, but he. He he made it up, and he didn't realize that it was the you know it was the formation of the word nerd. I, I wrote this all this history out, and so then uh, <laughs> so I thought it was kind of cool that I developed you know found out the origins of this word, and so then I went and then kind of the kicker to the story is I went to the Universal Studios Park in Orlando, and they had an if I ran the zoo exhibit. Hmm. The nerd was not in it. Ah, and so you complained bitterly, no doubt. Well, it just seems to me that of all the things in, the, in this modern age that you'd want in this you'd exhibit, the nerd, the nerd of course. character. Yeah. What a jip. It was a total jip. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry, John. Well, anyway, if I, if I just oh, finish the story, Every, all the dictionaries have changed their uh their definition. Their definition? Oh, to, yeah. to the entomology of... Uh, to reflect the, the proper beginnings. Yeah, hey, all right. Well, while you're uh, denying that caller, let me uh, restart this one. I hate to say it. Oh, John, is, you actually answered the phone? Well, I got to hang it up. <laughs> Hello? And then you hang up? Is that what you do? <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, essentially. Uh, Brett Michaels, uh, one celebrity apprentice. Yeah, yeah. See, I knew, you know, I, I think we were right about the whole thing, but I was hard pressed to agree that it was going to, that he was actually going to win too. No, I mean, well, that, that's just ridiculously over the top. Well, they did exactly what I expected them to do. And I actually, I could have predicted this, but actually forgot to tell you that, you know, um, well, our wonderful sponsor Snapple chipped in. And uh, so now you both get $250,000 for your uh, favorite charity. And, uh, well, Brett, uh, you know, you're hired. And uh, and even Holly Robinson was saying, you know, she's like, eh, even my kid woke up this morning saying, Mom, I love you, but I think Brett should win. It was. It was like <laughs> yeah, oh. right. But the the thing that kind of got me though, and by the way, the reason why we can predict these things, and you know, I saw Trump on the morning show. I saw how he was talking. I knew immediately the fix was in. It was all about ratings. Uh, this yeah, it's is always about ratings. Yeah, this is the easiest deconstruction to do. So um, I'm glad it paid off for the show. So we have even more credibility of guessing the winner of stupid reality shows. Um, but I looked at the ratings because, of course, the uh, final the series finale of Lost uh, competed with the Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, that was a rough go. Well, interesting. Uh, so the uh, Lost did beat out the Apprentice, but not by much. Did, you know how how many people watched Lost? No, thirteen and a half million viewers versus Apprentice's nine point three million. These are point- these are sad numbers, John. Well, in today's age. Yeah, do you remember? Do you know what Mash got the final Mash? What? One hundred and twenty-two million. That was nineteen eighty-three. Friends, the final Friends, fifty-two million. Seinfeld, seventy-six million. No wonder these guys have sold out. They're just, they're, they're, hey, government, hey, want us to put some propaganda in there? Yeah, just give me some money. <laughs> just send me your cash. I, I, I need, I need some dough. No wonder television's so crappy with all the with a million commercials. They're broke. They have too many commercials. They can't seem to get anyone to pay a CPM that's worth a powder. 
because um, they've cheapened the product. That's part of, part of the reason. CPM is cost per thousand. Actually, they don't right. do it on CPM. They do it on gross rating point in the uh, in the television world. Right, but it still has an equivalency. In a way. And um, In a way. I know nobody uses CPM for anything. <laughs> Except for stupid internet advertising. <laughs> no, actually, even most of that's always based on some other cornball formula. But CPM still has the most meaning to me. The engagement factor. Yeah. How much engagement do you have? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a 3.7. Oh, oh you have a 6. Yeah, a si- oh, a 6 on the engagement scale. Hmm. Mm, there seems, to me, it seemed like there was a lot of real news this week, which usually oh, means... you know, that's all I've got for clips is real news. Something big is being covered up. Hmm, let me think. Maybe something in the Gulf. I can't quite think. <laughs> I think it's, so let's, are we trying to distract someone from something? <laughs> let's do our executive producers first. We have them? Yeah, we got a few. Okay. So let's name them. Uh, we, have, uh, we have two executive producers, John... R- I think it's Reichert, or R-I-C-H-E-R-T. R-I-C-H-E-R-T, Reichert, yeah. And, from, and he's from New Orleans. New Orleans! 333.33. Ah, those magic numbers. Thank you so and, much, John. Uh, we appreciate that. And also, we have a belated executive producer, uh, who we forgot to credit under some circumstance, Stephen Staff. Uh, and he gave us 34290. Is there a reason for that interesting amount? Not it, not that I know of. I think it was to round out. I think he's got a knighthood coming, or he's working on it, or oh, something. We'll find well, out. We'll so, find out after the show. And so, and so does John, of course. Uh, uh, John uh, Reichert, because you know you have to do. Uh, you only have to do three times three hundred and thirty-three. We kick in the extra penny, and uh, you get a knighthood. Yeah, typically. Do we, have, people. do we have any nights today? Uh, no. Uh, Lawrence Roik, one of our nights, Sir Lawrence mm-hmm. from Burlington, Ontario, Canada, is a uh, associate executive producer at 250. And uh, Bradley Ledden, L E D D E N, from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, $200.50. He's got the link to the 200.5 show. But, uh, by accident, apparently. Hmm. And so he signed up and decided to uh, pay for it after the fact. So uh, that's our group for, for this week, and we have to thank them for helping us out. Well, not just helping us out, but really supporting the show. And in fact, uh, John Reichert, Stephen Staff, uh, as our executive producers, please display that proudly in your email signature. Put it uh, on your on your CV. And Sir Lawrence, well, I'm pretty sure he already has all of that done, but it's beautiful to see uh, the Knights continuing to support the show along with uh, Bradley Ledden. You know what you guys have to do. you got to go out there and propagate the formula. It's very simple. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Yeah, we sure do. I just gotta get. I gotta get it off my chest right now. Right now. I got. I, I'm sorry to have to do this. And now back to real news. I don't know if you uh, 
you know, we watch everything. We watch C-SPAN. We watch uh, stupid shows. Uh, one stupid show that I just cannot help myself not looking at is um, the uh, that Kendra Wilkinson reality show. No, I can't. I, I, I whatever they show on the soup is all I see of it. Well, you're gonna want. You're definitely gonna want to go to Vivid dot com uh, because in now. order to well, sure, in order to boost the ratings, uh, I guess. Uh, a sex tape has been leaked, and Vivid Entertainment, of course, has the rights, and they've put it on their site. And uh, actually, yeah, f- uh, here, let me. Uh, uh, I should. Just- I like the. I like the Vivid thing with the with the Batman in the Batman costume. With with of course, he's not has doesn't have the Batman logo. He's got XXX. I just uh, skyped you a link where you can actually see a little piece of the Kendra sex tape. This is a bogus thing if there ever was. Poor woman trying to get attention. Dude, dude, I just sent you a link. I'm looking. This is no no bogus sex tape. This is excellent. (laughs) Are you watching? Uh, Uh, It's going to kill my stream, but... It's it's worth it. (laughs) It's so totally worth it. Did it kill it already? No, it's actually still working. Uh-huh. I don't know how for how long. Oh, okay. Um, oh yeah, this is like the real. This is a real, a real sex tape. I'm surprised they have it on the uh, internet. That's it's well, stunning to me. It's uh, yeah. And all she's doing is staring in the camera. Oh yeah. Like, Wait. Uh, well, uh, now she can't stare into the camera. <laughs> now she. Now she's looking at something else. <laughs> nope. Oh well. Drop dead. Yeah, all right. All right. Thank kill God. it. Just kill it. No, I can't. It's locked up. My brother goes. Gee. Oh, sorry about that. All These right. videos are. So yeah, so this woman who uh, was living with uh, in the in the house with the other two women for the Hugh yeah, Hefner. He, yeah, she's with uh, with that uh, with a football player now. Now she's just trying to do a. You know, she's hopeless. She seemed like a dingbat anyway. Yeah. Well, she's got something going for her. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a gig in mind. Yeah. Oi, 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 oi. Well, John, where... Well, that's where, pretty late, real news. What? I got better stuff than that. Well, I got, got, got good stuff. It just, you know... I, um... I, let's just start with the oil cabal, because there's been... That, that has been, I think, the topic uh, of the week. And there's so much confusion. I'm, I'm I, you know, it's all over the map. But the funniest thing had to be... Um, Meet the Press, which actually took place, I guess it airs right before our show on Sunday, so we yeah. never get to talk about it, so we're always uh, after the right. fact. Right, and then when we, I, I've actually, it, it airs a couple times, but I've recorded it before our show, then I do the show, and then I go back and look at it, and it's so bad, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so lame compared to what we bring out in the show that I never use any clips. Well, I got a clip um, from Sunday's show, it's just too funny. On the show is uh, Thomas Friedman, a spy. 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 And uh, Bob Woodward, spy. Spy. <laughs> and they're talking about the oil cabal. You know you know that book, that one book we mentioned before, the one, that, what was that book about the Bushes? Oh, uh, uh, Family of Secrets? Family of Secrets. People should get that book from our, uh, from our, one of our bookstores. No Agenda, no, uh, no agenda uh, Book Club.com. Uh, and read the part about Bob Woodward. Uh, I mean, they have they document his background to such an extreme that it's like you know, it's 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 over the top proof. Oh yeah. Well, 
So they've both been giving their talking points. And Friedman is, okay, I just got to call him a jabroni. I have no other word for him. Uh, and I'll have to stop and comment when he talks. But then Woodward starts talking. And it's like, the spy is like, what? Well, anyway, just have a listen. Uh, they're talking about the fact that, uh, so of course, uh, the Obama administration is you know not doing anything. And uh, this is a horrible uh, disaster. And this is the, the round table at the end of the show. Well, obviously, there's a short-term solution, a long-term solution. Short-term, obviously, you've got to stay on BP and stay on the situation. We've got an oil spill. It's, it's about a mile below the surface. Uh, it's about 60 to 70 miles offshore, so it's hard to see, okay? And we don't exactly know uh, precisely what environmental damage it's going to cause, but this is enormous and has the potential to be the worst environmental disaster this country's ever faced. My criticism of the Obama administration is their approach has been think small and carry a big stick, okay? Hammer sure. BP. Uh, put it all on them. But in terms of thinking about a long-term solution to this, it's been rather imaginative. Unimaginative. David, we're, we're really caught right now, I would argue, between petro-determinists and eco-pessimists. The eco- okay. Petro-determin- petro-determinists and eco-pessimists. I, I, okay, right, hold on a second. Uh, eco-pessimists. You know, these are the kind, you know, this is the kind of stuff that does show up in, uh, you know, uh, government meetings. You know, this, I, you know, th- these words are terrible. Well, he explains them as well. Uh, I'll just, just they're trying up. to get, the, this is interesting, they're trying to get some memes into the public domain. One of them, you also the think small, carry a big stick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Petro-determinist, which is going to be hard to explain, and eco-pessimist. These are all good. These well, are done by pros. Yeah, here he comes. I'll, he'll explain it now. Petro-determinist. And eco-pessimists. The eco-pessimists tell us, David, Paul, you're dead. You're dead, climate change. You're dead, you're finished. I'll talk to you, but you're dead, okay? The petro-determinists tell us, look, we're always going to have to be dependent on oil, little boy, okay? Nowhere in the middle is someone who actually believes in America, America's innovative prowess, that over time, there is no short-term solution to this. But our addiction to oil drives down, you know, the value of our dollar, funds people who are drawn a bullseye on our back, promotes climate change, okay? Do you hear all this stuff? Do you hear what he's throwing out there? It puts a bullseye on our back. It promotes climate change. There's no one in the middle. Oh. Yeah, and it drives down the dollar, which is ironic since the dollar is, is starting to skyrocket. Yeah. It despoils our environment. And having a policy that ends our addiction to oil, it's not win-win. It's win, 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 win. The fact that there isn't a single person, okay, in Congress really taking this seriously, and the president is playing kind of rope-a-dope with this right now. I- another, another one. I've heard this a couple times, the rope-a-dope. Yeah, you know what it refers to? Uh, no. Okay, well, I'll explain. Rope-a-dope refers to a, a, a boxing defensive strategy employed by Muhammad Ali against Joe Frazier in one of, the, one of the great fights that the two of them had. And what he did was he leaned up against the ropes and held his arms up very tightly around his head and, and tucked a little bit so, it, so you couldn't really hit him anywhere except in his arms. And the idea was to get Frazier to pound away on him Although Fraser got a number to, to tire him out, right? To tire him out, it's called that was the rope a dope strategy, and it's been used as a as a reference point uh, in political discussions and everything else. And the idea is that you don't, you, you know, you kind of just cover, you cover up, and then just take a lot of shots without doing anything until people get tired of doing it to you. Interesting. And, uh, 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Fine. Extremely frustrating. It, it, it is a potentially... Here comes Woodward. ...a giant disaster of the May. I mean, most disasters come and go. 9-11 came and went, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? So, oh yeah, oh yeah. This is why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll that back just a little bit. So he's comparing this disaster to 9-11... Which and came and went. It came and went, and you know, of course, you know, <laughs> it, it hasn't went and, yet. It, co- <laughs> it came and went. We never talk about it at all. WTC said it won't go away. So it just came and went. But this one, oh no, never let a good crisis go to waste. This one, we'll be able to use this shit forever, baby. Oh yeah, come on, spook. Say it again. Oh, nine eleven came and went. Okay, uh, this continues and uh, I, p- I picked up your newspaper on Saturday and had half a smile because it said BP steps up its effort and then I read on to crit- so before I continue I just I just need to stop at that again I mean please listen to what he's saying they're using this disaster for whatever they want to do whatever has to happen and I believe of course it'll be climate change as the president is now coming back from his rope-a-dope and saying, oh, well, it's funny because uh, Friedman early when he was talking about the uh, eco pessimist, he almost slipped it in. If you if you go back and listen to that, his, his definition, he's, he almost mentioned global warming, but he pulled back. Just briefly, I, just briefly. Yeah, he was just going to say something, and then he pulls back from it because there's apparently wasn't well, supposed to, it wasn't no, part of the talking point. No, no, no. It, uh, that was uh, Woodward's line. They rehearsed uh, before oh, the I show. Oh, I think it's a Woodward's yeah. one is supposed to be. <laughs> Woodward's for, well, Woodward said something even better, which just slays me when you hear this. Criticize others and point the <laughs> finger at others and blame everyone. Uh, where are, you know, why don't they call in Google? Why don't they call in some of the people who have these great minds? <laughs> what? Let's call in Google to fix the Gulf. <laughs> you know, I've never... <laughs> It's calling Google. What a rube. A Google. And actually, I... You know, the guys guys at the agency are slapping their foreheads when they heard that, right? And actually, I... Oh, my God. I don't... Yeah. I don't already stopped my clip recording, but uh, I think someone on the panel kind of says in the background, well, Google's not part of the government. And I'm like, yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. That's where... (laughs) Bring in Google. That's where these guys have their meetings with the NSA. It's just like, whoa, whoa. So more propaganda. And then I want to get into what we actually So what are know. they trying to do? What's the end game? What are they trying to pull? Well, let's listen to this ABC News report. And maybe that'll uh, add to, uh, to our analysis of it. Now, this is where the report... Uh, I'm sorry, CBS News. And uh, by the way, um, I like how all the uh, news reporters who are down there in the Gulf and you see way in the back, you know, it's always windy and it's like a crappy day and you see way in the back, you see like a little bit of ocean, I guess, Gulf. And uh, they all have hats on. They're wearing baseball caps. That seems to be the new fashion for the reporters on the scene. So here we have the reporter with her cool CBS. uh, It may even be a CBS sports cap for all I know. And uh, she's talking to Katie Couric. And this is where the Coast Guard (coughs) rolls by and says, get out of here. Shut up, slave. You can't report on this beach. It's BP's call. BP can tell you what to do. Just showing you the power of British Petroleum. Listen, (coughs) you'll hear the Coast Guard actually say that. Uh, It's maybe a little tough to hear on the stream. Here we go. 
Video was shot by the local parish government in South Pass. When we tried to reach the beach, seen here and covered in oil, a boat of BP contractors with two Coast Guard officers on board told us to turn around under threat of arrest. We spoke to Coast Guard officials today. They say they're looking into it. Katie? And Kelly, what has been the impact on wildlife so far? Government officials say that 162 sea turtles have died, about half a dozen uh, bottlenose dolphins have died. The sea turtles have not been thoroughly examined yet, uh, examined yet but federal officials say it, this seems related to the oil spill. And they admit they have no idea what's happening in the deeper waters because they can't watch it. So they're showing pictures. So she says, here's the beach covered with oil, and it's a, an aerial shot, which is kind of hard to see. Then they show um, a dead turtle, who looks pretty dead, and they show uh, a couple of people on a beach putting a, apparently a dead turtle into, a, into like a turtle body bag, but there's no oil on them. And, well, you know, they're spraying that weird crap on the oil, which could be toxic. To yeah, turtles. so there's a couple things. So first of all, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, if you're, if you're going to show me, so that she even says in the report, you know, we don't know if he, if the turtle died because of the oil or is it the dispersant, I think is what, uh, yeah, dispersant, what they're using. Yeah. Uh, we need to get the chemical analysis of that stuff so we can, uh, so do that's a little part research. of it, but I, but why am I not seeing the animal covered with oil and, why is it when I look at the pictures, because all we have is pictures, right? I'm trying to get people who live in, uh, in the area to go down to the beach and actually take some pictures, because I, I don't want p- television well, footage. You know, it's 60 miles offshore, which is a problem. No, no, it's onshore now. This is what the well, news is. they say is. it is, but the stuff that I've seen, I've seen some movies, and it's always this red goop, which is a combination of the oil and the dispersant washing up. Yeah, but, it, but when I look at... Um, the Exxon Valdez and all the wildlife pictures we saw there, it was jet black. Yes, completely. because there was no dispersant used. So you're saying and it was right week. offshore. It was like, a, you know, here's the shore, here's the boat that's right next to each other. And so you get the real deal. You don't get it. You don't get an emulsification issue over the oil mixing with the water. You don't have uh, the, the dispersant goo, whatever that is. And we don't even know, you know, there's just a lot of mysterious stuff going on. And by the way, I was watching, uh, you know, they got that camera on the somehow. They yeah, have no, a, no, somehow. Have you looked at that? Take a look at the film very carefully. It's a loop. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. Well, so this is my next point. It's a loop. Yes, I know it's a loop. It's an, it's absolute bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. And by the way, what 5,000 feet down, what kind of lights they got on this thing? It's, it's, <laughs> they have to have some lights hooked to it. That's and well then, lit. So they only shot it for, obviously shot it for a while, because I watched it, especially the lower little plume there's two of them there's a big one a little one the little one you can see it looping yeah it loops about and it's not even a big loop it's like a but a 20 second loop so maybe here, not even that long so here's what i've learned um what 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 uh, bp was doing with the transocean deep water drilling is they were trying to replicate something the russians did um i think up near alaska or the north pole i guess it would be um is they the Russians apparently drilled down to forty thousand feet, and then and then and they and that's where they discovered like the mother load. So apparently inside the Earth, and God knows what's going on inside the Earth. Um, that's where oil is uh, 
actually created. So there's a lot of discussion now about, you know, peak oil being BS, that, that it's not fossil fuel, but it's actually a chemical process within the earth. It, this or is, biological or process. Biological. Uh, completely, you know, super, super high pressure. By the way, no one talks about the pressure of this leak. Uh, normally they do talk about pressure, but they're not talking about it. And then that seeps up into these other wells where we've typically been able to get the oil from, which um, in some cases may even replenish as well. So they try to do the same thing, except the Russians did it on land. They're doing it uh, in the sea. So the first they have to go down 5,000 feet. And I guess that where they're drilling is, you know, it's also some geo- uh, it has some geological significance. It's on the same um, meridian as the pyramids. There's a, a lot of interesting data that's starting to come out slowly. They go down 35,000 feet. This is not 5,000. This is, this is 35,000 after they start at the bottom of the, uh, of the gulf at 5,000. And there are some people thinking that they didn't hit just an oil well, but they might have actually struck an underground volcano. And if, it's, and if that's what it is, the stuff that would come out of a hole from a volcano could be highly toxic, could be worse than oil. And well, she could blow it any time. Uh, <laughs> it could be some ga- some 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 sulfur gases yeah, for sure. Yeah, that could be bad. So I'm looking at the uh, uh, bite law sent me the liquid uh, that they're using to as a dispersant. It's a uh, Corexit 9500, mm-hmm. which has a lot. I can see they don't want you know it's not good for your skin. It's a it's a deoiler. I mean, in other words, if you, it's like a detergent. I think it's just a high a, a very. Uh, a very strong one of these uh, organic detergents that the oil re- oil business. I used to work at a refinery and we used to deal with this stuff. Uh, if you get it on you, uh, it will like defat your skin. It, that's how p- powerful it is. So essentially, what it does is it's uh, like if you have a, uh, for example, you you just cook some bacon. And <laughs> I wish. <laughs> you just cook some bacon and if you notice the, the depending on the temperature of, of the fat when you take the thing off the take the bacon out and you got a bunch of fat left you you hit it with some dove soap and then you uh, scrub a brush around it and you'll notice that the fat actually dissolves with the soap because the soap that is, is essentially the same thing that's going on in, with this stuff which is it, it, it breaks down the it, reverse breaks it breaks down the oils into something that's water soluble and then down the drain it goes without having to worry about it you know coating the uh, the pipes uh and that's what detergent does to oil and uh essentially uh it breaks it down into uh, a soluble product uh but this is stuff is probably a million times more powerful than the crap that you would get uh, that you can use on your pots and pans but it's the same thing. It's I think it's a, a detergent, but it's got a lot of propylene glycol in it, which will, which would kill the the turtles, and it's got uh, organic sulfonic acid salt, which is the uh, which is the one of the detergent elements, and then a bunch of it has some apparently some light petroleum products in it, which would uh, lighten up the, the thickness of the uh, crude oil, uh, make it more subject to. Uh, to being uh, turning into an emulsion of some sort. Eh, interesting. It's probably not good stuff. No. So I'm uh, looking at the news right now, and it seems that their top kill plan has worked and that uh, the drilling fluid has blocked oil and gas temporarily. So that's breaking news right now. Temporarily. Yeah. Oh, well, of course it's... <laughs> duh. 
<laughs> so, uh, and, and it's just, there's so much weirdness going on. I listen to the talking points from Woodward. You know, it sounds to me like wh- whether this thing is leaking or not, it is going to be used to ram through the climate change bill. The president already coming out with that left and right. Oh, you know, we've got We've got to stop. We got to stop our dependence on foreign oil, fossil fuels. No good. Um, and that perhaps is, uh, well, actually, here's a little video from Obama. Let me see. Uh, we this. have a word in Toyota called Kaizen. Oh, Jesus. Uh, see, I, I didn't pro- <laughs> I've heard that commercial. It's terrible. <laughs> Interesting that uh, the president is preceded by a Toyota pre-roll. That would be your... Um, your irony of the day. Yes. Okay, here it is. Let's we need a if- jingle for that, by the way. Irony of the day? Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. Come on, Play. Our dependence on foreign oil and danger. All right. You know, I can't play it. The connection is too, too poor. Sorry. I can hear it. No, it's it's breaking up. And then someone from the office is calling me like some douchebag. Like, don't you know what I do? I've been doing this for two and a half years. Stop calling me. <laughs> douchebag. And I keep sending text messages to Rosie. Whoever's calling me, tell them to stop. It's funny. It's not funny. Well, it's funny it's, to me. It's angering me. Yeah, I mean, well, that's I good. Need you're to, better on the show when you're mad. I need to quit this job. Please yeah. support this show. Yeah, we need more money than we're getting for you to do that. Um, All right. Okay, so, so, so I've got some. If you're going to play some clips, I got. I have a good clip from Congress where Dorgan is is kind of bringing up the points that we brought up recently uh, in kind of a sly way. He's talking to the to the uh, Attorney General's office. Who's Dor- who is Dorgan, by the way? Dorgan is one of the senators. And he's okay. one of the guys, if you see Dorgan on TV, he's a, one of the few senators. He looks like a, a, a central casting senator. Oh, he's cute. No, he's you no, know, he's he's mature. He's not you know he's like Fred Thompson. He's not like a young, cute guy. He's a central casting, older you know, mature senator. It looks like he knows what he's doing, and he's bringing up uh, some interesting points that he just wants to get on the record. Apparently, with the attorney general's office, the the comment was just made that uh, BP has uh, indicated that it intends to uh, pay all legitimate claims. Obviously, the question is what's legitimate, but uh, aside from that... Uh, but, uh, I'm sorry, I have to stop. What's legitimate is laid out very clearly in the amendment to the uh, environmental protection law. They only have to clean up around the rig, and there's a fund, a $2.7 billion fund that taxpayers put together that will pay for the rest. And and then all other litigation just stays in litigation for 30 years. Uh, uh, is the BP... Uh, is their representation legally binding in any way? Legally binding on them? They've, they've simply indicated that they would intend to pay legitimate claims. So six months from now, a year from now, is that... Why, why don't these guys read the law? This was set up during Clinton's time. And who do you think should be reading the law back to him, but did the, the attorney general's office listen to what he has to say? Is that a legally binding commitment? Uh, I don't want to make a judgment as to how that commitment might be viewed in a court of law down the road. Uh, they've certainly made that commitment very publicly. 
in, as well as publicly committed not simply to pay uh, uh, claims beyond the $75 million, but not to seek recourse against the fund, which is also a significant commitment. Uh, so we intend, uh, whether it's in a court of law or elsewhere, we certainly intend to uh, 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 have them uphold that commitment. He's freaking out. From the fund. There you go. It's from the fund. Ah. Commitment. So you intend to represent that commitment as something that's binding? Uh, as I said, I, I, I can't speak to whether or not it would be binding in a court of law if we were to litigate this down the road. That's, that's <laughs> Hold on a second. I think I can play it. It's the Yeah, in other words, this is all, the whole thing has just been a show. It's just been a, the whole thing's a production. It's and, bull crap. Uh, news uh, from Dow Jones, Transocean Limited... This is the uh, the owners of the rig said its shareholder approved one billion dollar dividend. That means money they're giving back to shareholders will not affect the offshore drilling contractor's ability to meet its legal obligations relating to last month's Deepwater Horizon rig accident. These guys are not worried. <laughs> well, there, there's more to it than that. Dorgan actually brings this up, okay. and uh, Horowitz brought it up on the last the DH unplugged. Uh, they uh, have some money in the bank, and just in case things don't quite work out right, they want to get that money out of the bank into, into the you know all the different shareholders' pockets, so they so they can't you know so so the U.S. government can't get a hold of it if they if they manage oh, to. Oh right, yeah, they want to they want to secure it, get rid of it, put it on the somewhere else. Yeah. Do we want? So it's just, that's just a scam, but. They're supposed to supposedly put a stop to that, not let them do that. But it's a Swiss company; they can do whatever they want. Yeah, located in Zug. Do you want to play the rest of this clip, or no? That's fine. I think we got enough out of it. Yeah. So, but uh, it's the same kind of you know. It's, it's kind of an interesting plotting. Just the guys from the government, you know, our people from the Justice Department were just not forthcoming in any way about any of this. In other words, the taxpayer is going to get screwed. Taxpayer will get screwed, but. Uh, the oil companies have already set it up. They don't have to pay for it. It's all coming out of the fund. The fund will have to be replenished. They're only responsible for certain bits. It's all in the law. We discussed it pro- probably a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the, the crisis that is bigger than 9-11 uh, will be used to ram Which through. came and went, by the way. Yeah, it came and went. You know, no one's talking about that anymore. <laughs> 9-11 came and went. No one's ever mentioned it. It came and went. Actually, um... I didn't have time to pull clips. Uh, do you know Alan, um, I think it's Alan Hart? No. Uh, he is a, a BBC journalist. He was he was the guy who uh, was always, he with, uh, back in the, the oh, he's been reporting on the Middle East since uh, the, the 67 war. He wrote a trilogy of books called Zionism, the True Threat to, uh, to the Jews, which is like, all right, kind of an uh, a interesting title, and of course he's getting no no play in the New York Times with a title like that, and uh, and I heard him on uh, some uh, internet radio show. This guy's he was the first one to interview Golda Meir and uh, Moshe Dayan, and uh, he was around when the USS uh, Liberty uh, was bombed, which he says uh, Israel did, and he actually came out and uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes. I just didn't have time to... Uh, is it Alan Hart? Yeah, I think it's Alan Hart. Yeah, well, the Liberty bombing, which was done by Israel, has been a bone of contention with the uh, U.S. Navy for some time. Right. Well, he actually... Exp- he was there. And he and he uh, explained... He was on the ship? No, he was not on the ship. 
but he explains how all of that went down and what the political reasons were. And he and he actually says it was Mossad who uh, uh, did did uh, the nine eleven attacks. He comes out and he accuses yeah. Mossad. And this is a serious ass journalist. This is not just some douchebag. This is like a like a real dude. Alan Hart. Yeah, I find that far fetched. Well, he has. But some... I, I, I get the clip. We'll listen to it. Yeah, uh, I'll uh, I'll pull it for Sunday. So anyway, so yeah, we're we're being played, and this is uh, so. Of course, it'll be temporarily plugged, and it could blow at any minute. And uh, we're gonna have it's just gonna be a constant threat that's hanging over us, and uh, we never want this to happen again. And uh, and that's why we uh, we carry a big stick. Mm. Yes, but we what was it? Think wimp and carry a big stick. What was that? Think, think small. Think small and carry a big stick. How does that? What is, I don't even understand what that means. I don't know, man. The CIA doesn't get everything right. No, I think they. I think the, these writers didn't get everything right, and they botched the the, the phrase. So let's, uh, you know, since we were talking about some of these finales, mm-hmm. you know, that took place, and the the last Law and Order took place, and the whole thing was kind of about the educational system, and it was a little propagandistic. To say I, did, I did not see it, so I don't know. It was actually, uh, it was a good story, a fairly good story, and it brought out a lot of interesting points about the, about the way teachers are treated in New York City. And, but the, the big, one of the big finales, I don't know what the numbers were, I should have checked, uh, was 24. And 24 ended up, you know, just kind of like Jack Bauer, you know, saves the day, but he's now going to be killed by the Russian mob and who knows who, so he has to go on the run. And the last we see of Jack Bauer is he's all beat up and running into the sunset and we'll never hear from him again because this is the last time they're going to show 24 until they do the movie. Yeah, really. Now, but there was, I couldn't resist getting this clip from 24, which just had a piece of that, what we like to criticize on this show, that bull crap. You know, uh, a forensic, uh, crazy zoom nonsense. In, zoom in on the reflection on the wing nut. <laughs> exactly. Well, here, here it is. Just spoke with Arlo. He got a facial recognition hit on Jack. Where? Inside our perimeter. He's here, Cole. He's been careful to avoid all the security cameras, but Arlo found this. So on the 22nd floor of the Hart building across the street from the UN, the software picked up his reflection. <laughs> Facial recognition through the reflection. He's on the 22nd floor. He's here. He bypassed it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? That is intended purely to make you think that it exists. Are you still with me, John? No, of course not. Why would that work? crap this is going to be one of those shows okay let me just mark that as a bullshit okay (coughs) you there yeah so I, i i just want to gripe for a moment this is why people need to support this show so I can quit this stupid job and don't have to travel and sit in freaking Marriott <laughs> Courtyard hotels and do bullshit meetings. I want to do the show. That's the beginning of the uh, of the show. You have to <sighs> use that clip. I won't even have time to edit it because I got another meeting. We can, we can edit while you're in the meeting, we like can everybody else. In another meeting, can't we? <sighs> so, how do you really feel about meetings? Blow me, Dvorak. So uh, here we go. Ready? Yeah. 
So you want me to set it up again? No, I'll just play the clip. This is unbu- this is more bullshit than my job. Just spoke with Arlo. He got a facial recognition hit on Jack. Where? Inside our perimeter. He's here, Cole. He's been careful to avoid all the security cameras, but Arlo found this. It's from the 22nd floor of the Hart building across the street from the UN. The software picked up his reflection. Right. <laughs> So I'm leaving. I'm leaving so much of my rant in there. Th- this does tie into something else I've picked up. On wait, 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 wait. What software? That's what I'd, I'd like to get. Some of this software. It's not the software running the network at the hotel. That's for sure. <laughs> right. This is the joke of it. The, the, this, you got software that can pick up a reflection on the twenty-second floor somehow, but you can't keep the internet running at the Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. R- very funny. Okay, so this, of course, is intended to make you believe that all this technology exists and make you very afraid and shut up, slave! There's only one thing you must do! So, I hate to do it, but I think I can tie this into Lindsay Lohan. Which, of course... Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. LL. I can tie this into Lindsay Lohan. So I'm watching... Nothing else in the world is happening. There's no one washing away and drowning in Haiti. There's nothing going on in the Gulf. Lindsay Lohan is going to court. All of this, all of the BS networks, everybody's there. Not just E, but ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. Everyone's there. <laughs> okay, so here's the things you got to look at. They should first, be ashamed of themselves, by well, the way. Well, yes. So, first of all, there are cameras in the court. So, the court wants this to be seen. Okay? There's no other reason... Uh, then, then someone wants to communicate a message. Lindsay Lohan comes in. Her boobs are popping out. I mean, she, her she's got a low. Sh- she got a shirt yeah, no, I saw that. And nice boobage, by the way. So, so I'm like, okay, they're trying to communicate something. She looks a little kind of semi stoned. Um, and uh, essentially, and this is you have to help me with the law here, John, and then I'll tell you where this is leading. So the judge says. So the whole thing is based upon a DUI, and she broke her parole. And now, instead of throwing her in the slammer, uh, she can't drink alcohol. Now, I don't understand. Alcohol is a legal substance. It's controlled, but it's a legal substance. And you can drink alcohol as long as you don't drive. Okay? But now she's being told, she, as, as a part of her punishment, she can't drink it's just like a parent taking away a privilege. Oh, and if you don't clean up your room, then you can't watch television. And then I see all these talk shows discussed or panels on like major networks talking about scram, scram, scram. Like, what is scram? So I look up scram. And now I've got it. This is the true slave device. If you go to alcoholmonitoring.com, ScramX, continuous alcohol monitoring plus house arrest. So there's this device which is now like a common thing all of a sudden. Everyone, hey, well, she'll just get the Scram device. Like, I'd never heard of a Scram before. Apparently, 200,000 people in the United States under court order are wearing a continuous alcohol monitoring and house arrest system on their ankle. What is this? If you break the law because you're drunk and you're driving and you're a menace to society, then you need to be punished. But what kind of punishment is strapping a, a, an alcohol monitoring system to someone's leg? This is pure Gitmo nation. This is bad. 
And it's a very, it sets a very bad precedent. And I'm afraid of what it means for the future of uh, the legal system. Yeah, I have to think about that. Yeah, no, I found the thing peculiar that they should have this device. It, it, you're right. The whole thing was a setup to promote this. The, the, the idea was to make the public aware, and you can't do it anymore through the educational system. And so the idea was is to do a big publicity thing, put cameras in the courtroom. They won't put cameras in the courtroom with a menace to society that's a terrorist, but they will with this Lindsay Lohan thing. They got the cameras in there. They show there with the breasts. You can't take your eyes off them. And... Uh, and then they talk about this monitoring device, which I've never heard of either, but now apparently it's being used all over the place. And now it's going to be part of a, uh, you know, let's just strap. Pretty soon they'll have something they'll strap around your neck. So if you protest the government, they'll give you a jolt. <laughs> yeah. Star Trek, you know. Well, no, they've already moved beyond that. They just shoot you. If you're against the government, you just get killed. Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm looking at their press releases. Tulsa courts have been using 24-7 alcohol monitoring anklets to monitor offenders since 2005. Offenders, you're drinking alcohol. Shut up, slave. You can't drink alcohol. I mean, it's like, it, it just doesn't make any, it make any sense. Here, alcohol bracelets helping to keep veterans sober and accountable. Uh-oh. <laughs> you vets have uh, fun. Uh-oh. <laughs> Courts tell Texas offenders, stay home, stay sober. I mean, come on. If you break the law, okay, then you need to be punished. But stay home, stay sober, shut up, slave. This is very ominous. Something going on with that that, that stinks. And they're try- and they're com- totally trying to communicate stinks. a message to us. And I'm oh, not yeah. liking it. Oh, yeah, you did a good job. I am not liking it. <gasps> this is frightening well while you're talking about that then i have a couple of things that kind of again we're starting to see uh government intrusion in all kinds of different ways uh read listen play this clip i have which i i don't have the whole clip i could have put the whole thing in because it's very distressing to hear this hold on hold on hold on on. did i yeah. Okay. No, I just want to make this sure. is Senator Imhoff, mm-hmm. and who's apparently teamed up with uh, with Senator Collins, and for this Imhoff Collins amendment, which is now the Collins Imhoff amendment, but it has to do with trying to clarify some weird crap that the EPA is trying to do regarding nothing more. Then you know, right now people are re uh, they're fixing their houses up. Uh, uh, What's the word for it when you bring a contractor in and they put a new porch on or something like that? Re, uh, remodeling, expanding. Remodeling. Yeah. Remodeling. This is about remodeling. Now, the EPA has decided, of course, we've been following this since the beginning with this woman, Jackson, how the EPA is starting to stick its nose in this stuff that's not really its business. Play this clip. This is the problem that we have. On April 22nd, the EPA came out with a rule that made the statement that in the event we have to, you you disturb any six square feet of a building structure that is older than 1978, then you have to have a permit by the, the, that would be from the EPA to become certified to work on such a building. Now, if you don't do it, there is a penalty provision 
of some $37,500 a day. Realistically, we know that they would not uh, find somebody $37,500 a day. But unfortunately, a lot of the, the, the contractors that do that kind of work are individuals who, uh, who don't know that that is nothing but, but a bluff to keep people from doing things. We are. We very much want to uh, uh, participate in this uh, in this dialogue on this. I think there may be a procedural problem that someone's whispering about here. Right, Is that's that right, good Mr. enough, President. Okay. So, so apparently, there's this thing that got slipped into one of these large bills. <laughs> Just uh, one little thing that we didn't among notice. you know hundreds, and this a lot of this has the cap and trade is going to have even more of this crap. Um, so, so you have a house that's older than 1978, which is most of the houses in the country. Correct. And you want to work on more than six square feet of this house. You, you need have to a have, permit, slave! You have to have not only a permit, but the person has to be certified by the EPA as a, as a specialist. We're talking about like one guy, you know, some guy, some handyman coming in. And uh, to, to do anything, you have to have all this extra paperwork, and, and which brings me to another point which showed up, uh, which has to do with the Food Modernization Act. And uh-huh. Mimi's all over this because we use, um, uh, we get light, you know, we get our meat in Washington State, we get it from individual slaughterhouses, these small operations. By the way, now nice, nice double speak, food modernization. Right, the Food Modernization Act. Right now, there's a good article, which I sent a link to. You put it on the show notes. It uh, talks about this, this issue, which is going to basically put all the independent slaughterhouses out of business. Right now, there's four major big shots that control 80% of all the U.S. meat supply. Tyson Foods, JBS, Cargill, and National Beef. And these are the guys that get all the big giant recalls for millions of pounds of contaminated beef. And they, they just like water off a duck's back. Ah, okay, we'll bring a million pounds back no big deal because these guys are you know tyson and all these huge companies cargill are, are you know just basically dominating the, the scene and trying to put these little guys out of business so the back you know the so the eat local the back to nature uh you know have no meet the cow that you're going to eat all these things are going to go by the wayside if obama's administration has its way and they're just going to move this 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 group is worse corporatists than the bushes were even though you have to say most <laughs> yeah. of this started with bush yeah. i mean this is a disaster i mean so i won't be able to in fact wyoming right now because of some of these rules and restrictions ha- doesn't even have an independent slaughterhouse you, if you shot a deer in wyoming you wouldn't be able to find anyone to butcher it for you it's unbelievable yeah uh, and this is part of the same thing you go can't work on your house you can't do something with six square feet of your own home you can't, you can't work on it without a license don't drink. You can't eat meat from a from your own. De- you know, you bring, you raise a, a Hereford, and you want to have it slaughtered. You can't do it. There's no place that'll let you do it. You can't do it. What are you going to do? Let the, the cow. I guess you have to bury him whole. I have no idea what you do with these animals. They're trying to get independent. Far- they're trying to wipe out the independent free thinkers, the farmers, the small farms, and everybody in between by putting these things in place. My wife went and talked to the local slaughterhouse uh, in one of the, in Port Orchard, I believe, um, Washington, and he talked to the guy. And he said the, the, the guy says he be out of business even if the cost they say in the, in this report is this four hundred thousand dollars a year to to do the paperwork and 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 pay for all these permits and he says the worst part is not even the, the amount of money you have to spend but they want you to get this this bureaucratic paperwork in during the busiest season when all the animals are actually coming through he says there's no time in the day 
He says there's no chance of staying in business. This is uh, very familiar to me because this is exactly the way Gitmo Nation Lowlands is. It's exactly the way Gitmo Nation uh, East. So I'm talking about the Netherlands and the UK where I lived. You need paperwork for everything. Everything. Particularly in the Netherlands, if you just want to remodel your home, oh my God. Oh, you need all kinds of permits and paperwork. and, And yeah, and now it's the same thing. It's total, total takeover. And in fact, I'll play this little clip for you from our vice president who tells you who's ruling all the world, damn it. Who's really in charge? Come on, Joe. Who's in charge? As uh, you... uh... This is uh, Joe speaking in Brussels to the Starfleet Command, the European Union. Already know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, not only am I pleased to be back here in Brussels for the second time as vice president, as you probably know, some American politicians and American journalists refer to Washington, D.C. as the capital of the free world. But it seems to me that uh, in this great city, which boasts 1,000 years of history and which serves as the capital of Belgium, the home of the European Union and the headquarters for NATO, this city has its own legitimate claim to that title. That's right. Capital of the world. We'll tell you what to do, slaves. Shut up. He actually said that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's disgusting. Please don't break up again. Please come back to me, John. Uh, <laughs> I just want to cry. Please, John, come back. Booya. Uh, oh. Unknown error. Jesus. I can't work like this. I just can't work like this. This is, this can't go on. Now, you, it's not it's not the hotel internet because you can hear me. Uh, <laughs> I want to do the show. This is so unfair. Dude, was that you? Hold on. Now, did you go offline? Yep. What happened? Uh, Comcast went down. There's a it's raining like a son of a bitch out there. <sighs> I'm just crying. <laughs> that was my fault. Let when me, it came back, I thought it was going to be gone. Yeah. Oh, that would really suck. Let me uh, let me play Biden again, so you can hear him handing over power to uh, Brussels to the Starfleet Command there at the European Union. You guys rule, and let me go suck up to you, and the Trilateral Commission will rule the world. Please, I'll be your slave. As uh, you uh, already know, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, not only am I pleased to be back here in Brussels for the second time as vice president, as you probably know, some American politicians and American journalists refer to Washington, D.C. as the capital of the free world. 
But it seems to me that uh, in this great city, which boasts 1,000 years of history, and which serves as the capital of Belgium, the home of the European Union, and the headquarters for NATO, this city has its own legitimate claim to that title. That's right. That is unbelievable that President of the United States would essentially sell out his own country to get some kudos from these creeps in Belgium. Or a vice president, uh, even. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, how come the talk show guys haven't been all over this quote? Because <laughs> uh, they're too busy looking at Lindsay's boobs telling us to wear bracelets not to drink. <laughs> capital of the free world that place i mean that whole the whole european union is 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 suppressive they don't even let them vote on their own lesbian treaty (laughs) or their own president of of the united states of europe yeah no 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 they don't let they don't let you do any of that by the way i'm going to next the next show we do on sunday i'm going to deconstruct part of a news story about this slaughterhouse thing Mm-hmm. Because there's some very interesting. Whoever wrote it, and I can give you the name of the writer, uh, Carolyn L- Lockhead, uh, who's in the Chronicles Washington Bureau. Uh, there's a very interesting three paragraphs in here which are worth uh, tearing apart. Yeah, I'll put it in the uh, show. To show notes. people how they're how this, these news stories are slanted to get, make you think one way or the other. Um, it's, well, it's a very interesting story, but this, this slaughterhouse thing that the, you can't construct stuff on your own property, you know, you, property rights are under attack. It's unbelievable. You know, when you, uh, when you deconstruct that, you may want to be very, very careful, John, because, uh, the messaging is now coming out and we are being told in no uncertain terms that if we are against global warming, if you're anti-government, if you're a denialist, um, you are pretty much uh, a white supremacist. <laughs> and oh yes, it, it, please listen. This is, I believe, ABC. You will be blown away by this. The ongoing oil spill crisis in the Gulf is keeping the debate over climate and energy very much in the headlines, and that debate is becoming increasingly venomous. With many prominent climate scientists now saying that they are being severely harassed. Now, listen carefully. So uh, he's receiving some emails, and then listen how the story spins. ABC, this is. I hope someone gets you in a dark alley. The FBI tells ABC News it's looking into a spike in threatening emails to climate scientists like Penn State's Michael Mann. Six feet under with the roots is where you should be. I was hoping I would see the news that you committed suicide. Do it. It's an attempt to chill the discourse, and I think that's what's most disconcerting. A white supremacist website recently posted man's picture alongside several other climate scientists. <laughs> there you go. That's how they do it. Yeah, the, yeah. The Ministry I wonder who's of really Truth at work. Behind all this is obviously, you know, the way you, you know, this is a, a COINTEL Pro kind of an idea, right? You uh-huh. set up these straw men, these phony baloney operations, and then you push everybody into that box. Yep. And, oh, you're with these guys. You oh, know, yeah, and you're, guys a, you're, you're a white exist. supremacist. You're, uh. Yeah, great. So on that yeah, happy note, that's a good way to tell us to shut up, slave. That's that's the, the more disgusting news. Thanks. Yeah. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. Say Shang Wu, Lumazan, Amorgan, Bolamanyana.
Just a little uh, in the morning to all of our uh, international listeners there. Okay, we got some uh, donors that we want to thank uh, this week. Uh, we also want to make uh, do a make good out with Tony uh, Kalick, who uh, donated $200 on behalf of his sister Linda Kalick for her birthday on May 15th. And we credited the donation to LW Corporation, and he would like a belated shout-out to his sister. Yeah, we apologize. We really tried to keep it all straight, but it's a, a lot of administration, and it's uh, not always easy. Uh, and it was, it was actually... Um, um, let me see if I'm saying this right. That was like his only gift to her, wasn't it? Is that Linda? Is that, <laughs> Don't make it any worse. Is that Linda? Is that is that who, who it's for? Uh, Linda Kalick? Yeah, Linda yeah. Kalick. Yeah, he says it was my only present to her. <laughs> and wait, let, let me let me do it properly. Though. I feel really shitty about this. We we really do suck. <laughs> Linda, Linda Kalick, it's Adam and John, and uh, on behalf of Tony, your brother, who apparently can't come up with any better gift than uh, this, we want to wish you a very happy birthday. Uh, that should make it better. Yeah, she could, you can make a tape of that and... Uh, <laughs> Put it on your... It's a ringtone. Put it on your ringtone. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we also have, there's another one that came in. I'm going to have trouble finding so, so it. So don't, don't mention this AK guy with 5333 because, uh, he sent me a note that he only wants to thank Dynatron. Uh, and that's, uh, a supporter from, uh, Pennsylvania, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Just before, because he he was very specific about not mentioning his name, but he messed up what he wanted to say on the PayPal. Mm. Okay. So we got uh, let's go some day. We got uh, uh, Jamie uh, Riera from who is actually I think I don't know how many Spain he's in Spain. He's in uh, in San Fernando de Honduras, Spain. I'm trying to think if we have any other Spanish contributors. He says he's donated $100, but he wants to make sure he remains a proud douche. So do not be douche. Well, double douche you. He he says, I'm funny like that. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Yeah, duh. (laughs) Nice. Uh, My nickname is the Spanishy transcription of of how fucking asshole sounds. (laughs) You can see I'm not particularly sensitive about names. Oh, uh, he's really? looking for some pharma. Okay. Uh, he also suspects you might get mentioned in some of your United States of Europe stories in the near future. So he'll be feeding us interesting uh, anecdotes. I'm, Good. I'm Good. assuming. We, we like it. We like yeah, it. Yeah, especially from uh, uh, Gitmo Nation Castanets. As you <laughs> Gitmo Nation Castanet. Okay. Let's go with that. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Michael Kearns, uh, Mike Kearns in Platte City, Missouri, sixty nine, sixty nine. Uh, he's uh, providing this amount so you both don't go down, which is ironic considering today's yes. show. Yeah. So maybe don't do that again. Yeah, really. Thanks. Thanks for the karma, brother. <laughs> it, it worse. <laughs> Thomas Riggs, uh, who's in uh, less. Is it Leicester or Leicestershire? Leicestershire. 
Yeah, Leicestershire. He liked to call out his high school friend uh, Thomas Duckett as a douchebag. Douchebag. Uh, for not getting in touch for two and a half years. He, he knows he listens to No Agenda, but we haven't talked since he left high school in late 2007. Hopefully this should get us in contact and maybe bring in another donation for the Army. That's an interesting way of getting people together through our show. Yes. Like-minded people. <laughs> it's a long-distance dedication right here on the No Agenda Show. Uh, tinyempire.com, 5510.com. Two nickels, uh, double nickels on a dime. David Hollis, Morewell, uh, Australia. I got an Australian story I want to talk about today. Uh, Robert Wil- Wilcher or Wilker, Wilcher, I think, in Tampa. And we had the Dynatron uh, mention. Yep. And then uh, Dan Manning, uh, who wants to mention two sci-fi books, Android Down and Firewood for Cannibals, both available at Amazon.com. Links to both of these books are found at the DanManning.com site. So we have a science fiction writer that listens to our science fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin, <laughs> Martin, <laughs> Martin, uh, this is a, that, that last name I can't pronounce. Oh, hold uh, on. let me grab it. In the it. Netherlands. Uh, $51. P-I-E-T-E-R-S. Which is like Peters or Piet- something like Peters. that. Peters. Peters. From Fianen Utrecht. Uh, and then we have Steve Richards uh, in Kent. In Gibble Nation East. just to mention his website, which is now being blocked off by the sun there. It is cosmicjoker.squarespace.com. It says it's a crackpot site. And then we have our knighthood layaways, uh, dui-help.com, Barry Wilson, and OKC Defensive Tactics. Um, and there's one more. There's another uh, uh, birthday mention that came in on the email, and I forwarded it to you guys. And uh, didn't show up on spreadsheet. Am I supposed to have this? You should have it. It's a guy that has his, uh, it's another birthday call out. I'm going to have to dig it up. Um, Let's see if I can find it real quick. Uh, Oh, boy. Uh, Oh, is this, uh... ah, yes. Okay, I think I have it, John. Hold on. Well, let's do that one officially then as well. It's Okay, uh, once again, we suck a little bit because we're behind, and uh, one thing's guaranteed, when you uh, celebrate your birthday, we always do it on a different day here on No Agenda. (laughs) So, uh, John Calvin Jones from Tuzla, Bosnia, wants to say a very happy birthday to his wife, Mireya, as uh, her birthday was on May 30th. So, uh, on behalf of John and myself uh, and John Calvin Jones, your husband, happy birthday. Well, you know, that's May 30th is Sunday. So, it wasn't on, it will be on. Yeah. So, but we did it wrong. So, we should have have done it on Sunday. (laughs) Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, that's just the way it works. So anyway, we want people to help us out here uh, with the donations, contributions, and executive producerships. Dvorak.org slash NA, uh, noagendashow.com. You can get links. These are all links to the to the uh, donation site and the contribution site. And also channeldvorak.com slash NA. And if you want to uh, make things more specific, you can go to dvorak.org slash NAS. 
for direct donations to the stream, which we're working on constantly. Yeah. And, it's, it's, uh, how's that working out for you? <laughs> it's constantly. Yeah. And now I got a garbage truck going by. It's a garbage, it's a 1034 garbage truck. There it goes. Why, why do garbage trucks have to be so noisy? Yeah, it's the same as leaf blowers. So uh, we also highly appreciate all the support from the $5 a month donations, those on the lucky $30 a month uh, plan. That really is building the base. We appreciate that. And uh, unlike, uh, well, uh, time to play a jingle. Unlike our... Our national treasure. We uh, don't take ads and uh, sponsorships and underwritings. And so this is the only way we can survive. And uh, I wish we could do it better, more, and from a fixed location. I'd appreciate support, and of course, thanks everyone who understands the call and is supported today. That is high. Dvorak.org slash N8. Now, I want to mention something. We're talking about the National Treasure. I couldn't believe it. I'm listening to the National Treasure. Wait, let me play it again. It's new. Our National Treasure. <laughs> NPR. That's Sir Jeff Smith there. Yes. Yes, NPR. Uh, so I'm listening to NPR. I couldn't believe it. They get, they did right in the middle of their shows that this, you know, this, this operation is supposed to be users. You know, we are listener supported. And and we talk about stuff that you know that probably is going to eventually get us thrown off the air someday. You have to help us; it's very important. So the National Treasure, meanwhile, they're they're running ads like during the show. They ran, I swear to God, a go to meeting ad with a code. Do you have a, a clip of that? No, I was in the car. Wait a minute. So it's on the radio on our National Treasure. And in the middle of it, they do a, a like an Andrew Horowitz go to meeting <laughs> with PBS as with their a code. code. I'm not going to tell you what the code is, but that's I'm outrageous. Like, These guys are just commercial. It's <laughs> totally outrageous. I was I was like my jaw hit the you know hit the gas pedal when I heard that. What the what go to meeting in the code? So I mean, so who are we kidding here? Yeah. I mean, we are that I know we're we're actually genuinely listener supported. We have no other support to do this show except the, contra- the contributors, the producers, the people out there who send in uh, subscriptions or donations. We have to keep encouraging it every week, and we do would like to get everyone back you know on board on the five dollar a month thing. That would be the key, but we 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 don't get as many as we need on a daily basis. No, so that's our plea. Uh, let me see. Um, it was kind of, it was news for a day, 24 hours and it went away. But I do think it's important just to mention this, uh, Fergie thing where she was taking. Oh yeah. Fergie, that came and went. They couldn't get any traction for a, for a distraction. No attraction for a distraction. Ooh, that's a good one. No traction for a distraction. Ah, that's a good oh, We're right in the jingles right before your very eyes. Unbelievable. So I do just want to say that, of course, this is how it works. Of course, all these lower-level family members, and it happens in all the royal families all over the world. It happens in the Netherlands, too. Of course, they'll take cash and blowjobs to get you in with their more famous, more powerful, uh, um, what do you call them? Uh, Spouses or whatever, relatives. Uh, Spouses. Spouses, relatives. Whatever. People they know. Siblings siblings yeah of, that, of course that's the way it works it's so obvious and now it's yeah. like oh fergie's just a bad woman she's living when she's still living in the guy's house you know she's probably performing services 
So uh, he said, ah, well, we're divorced, but you can live here. You know, the kids are here and whatever. And so you can uh, live in the gatehouse, whatever. And of course he's taking money. And, 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 and he, of course he's okay with it. Because he's probably getting half of it. No, I don't think so. It, it, okay. No, no, he, he's got his own dough. The, the, the people pay for it. Well, him. she does need some support. <laughs> I mean, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, really. Anybody want to meet Adam? Yeah, hundred grand. For, no, forty thousand in cash. Just send us your cash. Forty thousand, and uh, if you want to get close to John I, for half a million pounds, I can open doors for you. <laughs> it was just like, wow. You know, you're right. It came and went, but you know, this is absolutely the way it works. Absolutely, and and good on the sun. That was funny, but of course, the sun didn't do it for those reasons. You're right. I thought it was the news of the world that did it. No, I think it was the. Well, no, I think no, I think it was news of the world. Um, Well, it's the same. That's the same company. They the editorial staff is on the same floor in the same building. Oh, by the way, Eric just told me we have twelve donors in Spain. Oh, nice. Ah, we have real time statistics. Yeah, we have. We have the producer in the ear. All right, let's do this one real quick, John. All aboard! Trains good, planes bad. <laughs> Jeff must have been bored this week. <laughs> I love the man. <laughs> so uh, I'll just run down the stories. As you know, we're tracking the uh, global rollout of high-speed trains uh, meant to replace, replace air travel. Of course, you think it's actually to transport you, but it's to transport freight, more Monsanto baked goods, Monsanto frankenfoods straight to your door. You don't have to do anything. Shut up, sleeve. Uh, Joe from... Uh, and to transport the public in boxcars to the FEMA camps. Yes, well, of course. Joe from uh, Wilmington says, uh, well, my state is now spending $8.4 million to study if they should put a rail system from Raleigh, North Carolina to Wilmington. This, he says, <laughs> is a two-hour drive straight down I-40 east. The speed limit on that stretch of road is 70 miles an hour, which means most people already travel in excess of 79 miles an hour why would anyone ever ride this train it's not a straight shot they have to make a zigzag pattern and is this train not going to stop it's right it's going to stop it's going to take just as long and then when you get to the other end you have to rent the car yeah (laughs) it's like the (laughs) stupidest thing it's stupid yeah here's uh some disinfo um bethon owen and colleagues note the first new projections of future aircraft emissions in 10 years predicts carbon dioxide and other gases from air traffic will become a significant source of global warming by 2050. Everything's by 2050. Yeah. So those pla- those planes are going to planes are going to kill us. Now, yeah, the queen um in her opening of parliament statement in Gitmo Nation East Mentioned they were going to build a high-speed rail network between uh, Birmingham and Manchester. Two industrial towns, coincidentally. Yes. Thank you. You pointed it out. And that was at the very end of the speech here. Uh, I'm sorry, London, Birmingham, not Manchester, but Birmingham. Well, still an industrial yeah, town. Still an involved. industrial town. That was in her speech. Now, from uh, down under... I get some very interesting news from uh, producer Steve Fisher. He says, you know, I'm a couple episodes behind, but, uh, you know, the Siemens trains here in Melbourne are a real problem. 
they have problems stopping. And uh, lo and behold, I, I go look at uh, at uh, Google News and hear the Herald Sun from uh, Gitmo Nation down under. Uh, here it is. Further safety blow for Metro after a crash injured five near Craigburn last night. Another one of troubled Siemens trains has been withdrawn from service after an overshoot incident. So they can't. So they're going to put in high speed trains, but they can't stop them, which is interesting. Yeah, and Siemens is behind all our high speed trains. We should use the French stuff if we're going to use anything. So anyway, I have a. uh, Let me just finish up the two, and then I'll be done. So Matthew, I'm just it's people identifying from around Gitmo Nation. Uh, Matthew Wittering also in the UK is noticing advertising on websites for Hitachi high speed trains. I guess uh, Hitachi is now competing with uh, with Siemens, and then finally uh, from uh, Sweden. The SAS, uh, which of course is uh, the uh, Scandinavian airline, Uh, I'll read you the headline, and this is a Google translated doc. Experience from Europe shows that uh, rail will outperform aircraft on many routes. SAS is responding to the challenge considering investing in high-speed rail. So the airlines are actually going to convert to high-speed rail. We're just keeping our eye on it for you, That's folks. Kind of All back aboard, ass trains good, planes bad. That's about as ba- that's SAS. That's about as back ass word as any airline can manage to pull off. Uh, so I have one Australian story too. I want you to play the clip, uh, which I, I didn't know this was going on, but most of us who follow some of the currency markets know that the Australian dollar has been going down the toilet, and. Uh, so the Jim Cramer on this Fast Money show, not his Fast Money, but his whatever, it's Mad Money show, uh, addresses this. It's kind of hard to understand because he mutters, but I'll, I'll tell you the important part, uh, which comes into this clip. You are Doug. Booyah, Jim. Booyah, Doug. I'm a Katrina-era Tulane graduate, a currency trader on Wall Street, and I've got a question about FXA Aussie dollar currency shares. All right, I hope I can help, man. You sound like the pro. I sound like the amateur. (laughs) I don't think so, Jim. The Aussie dollar has absolutely fallen out of bed since last Monday. It's getting crushed against the dollar and even losing to the euro. Australia is a resource-rich country, and their currency is correlated to global demand for materials, which is really a story about demand from China. Right. Jim, do you think the recent move in the Aussie is forecasting a double-dip global recession, and how much lower do you think the FXA will trade? Well, I got to tell you, I I do the show with my head writer, happens to be my nephew, Cliff Mason, and he was comparing that recent foray by the Australians with that mining tax. He was doing some history about communism, and he was thinking he saw maybe some parallels there. I think what you're seeing is the sense that maybe that government has decided, you know what, it's time to start doing confiscation, expropriation. They would never say that. But I think that's the real problem, not China, which is coming back, because I measure China by Baltic freight. I think the Australians ought to stop being communists, and the communists, thank heavens, in China are capitalists. Judy in New Jersey. Judy. What? So apparently there's a mining tax. Yeah. That the Kramer. The, by the way, the first thing the guy who who called in was reading it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Script totally. He was scripted. So Booyah. I don't know if it was a Booyah. setup or because Kramer had some other ulterior motive. But he did mention a mining tax, which apparently is going on, which he considers confiscation. 
and the redistribution of wealth, which is out and out communism by his standards. And I just found that the whole thing was kind of interesting because I haven't heard any of this. Uh, I, you know, and I only just noticed recently about the Australian dollar collapsing. But uh, something something strange is going on in Australia, and hopefully, since we have so many supporters yes. in us, somebody can 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 straighten this out. Yeah, no, uh, there's a lot going on. And I love Australia, as you know. I've only been once, but I saw a lot of the country. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, our Australian listeners will definitely straighten us out. Maybe Mayor will uh, come back, you know, our in-the-morning dude. Mm. Uh, Probably help us out. Um, This is uh, just staying down under for a moment. I guess they have a satirical program called Clark and Daw. And uh, so they did a little a little skit about the uh, the euro crisis. So of course they're slapping it right back at them. And uh, I thought it was kind of funny. Maybe we just play this. Uh, I won't play the whole thing, but most of it. It's uh, it's pretty cool. They, uh, so they do a little satire as to what exactly is going wrong in Europe and why it's all coming crashing down. Your name is Roger. Yes, Roger. Ah, that's your name. Roger. Good. And what do you do, Roger? I'm a financial consultant. Ah, financial consultant, eh? Roger, Yeah, yes. terrific. And, uh, Roger, how's business at the moment? Not bad, thank you. Uh, been a bit quiet lately. H- how do you mean lately? Since the war. Been a bit quiet. Fair enough. Okay, Roger, your special subject tonight is the economies of the European community. Mm-hmm. Your time starts now. Best of luck. Thank you. How much does Greece owe, Roger? Uh, $367 billion. Correct. And who do they owe it to? Mostly to the other European economies. Correct. How much does Ireland owe? $865 billion. Correct. And who do they owe it to? Other European economies, mostly. Correct. How much do Spain and Italy owe? $1 trillion each. Correct. Who to? Mainly France, Britain and Germany. Correct. And how are Germany, France and Britain going, Roger? Well, they're struggling a bit, aren't they? Correct. Why? Because they've lent all these vast amounts of money to other European economies that can't possibly pay them back. Correct. So what are they going to do? They're going to have to bail them out. Correct. Where are they getting the money to do that, Roger? (laughs) That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that one. How much does Portugal owe? Hang on a minute. What was the answer to that earlier question? Just keep answering the questions, Roger. Where is Portugal going to get the money it owes to Germany if Germany can't get back the money that it lent to Italy? Just a minute. What was the answer to the previous question? The question was, how can broke economies lend money to other broke economies who haven't got any money because they can't pay back the money the broke economy lent to the other broke economy and shouldn't have lent it to them in the first place because the broke economy can't pay it back? You're wasting very valuable time, Roger. (laughs) How much money does Spain owe to Italy? $41 billion, but where are they going to get it? Correct. What does Italy owe to Spain? $27 billion, but they haven't got it. They're broke. Correct. How can they pay... All right, so it goes on and on, which is... <laughs> That's quite funny. Yeah, the clip is pretty funny, although they wind it up by saying, essentially, uh, America is going to pay for it all because China owes a, uh, owns us. <laughs> and, and I think the thing that, that is being missed here is that uh, it's, you know, it's the banks. It's the investment banks. These are the guys that lent the money. It's it's not just uh, governments didn't lend the money. It was investment banks who lent the money. And they're going to get all the money back. And I'm watching the Gitmo Nation lowlands. Uh, you know, they're gearing up to replace their fallen cabinet with, uh, with new elections June 9th. And, you know, they're talking about austerity measures. 
And, uh, and you know, it was like, well, uh, we're going to have to, uh, people won't be able to deduct uh, their uh, mortgage interest payments yeah, anymore. Yeah, there's new ways of taxing the people who can't afford to pay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the tax the poor, um, you know, soak the rich, uh, and give it all to government workers. Speaking of which, um, New York Post had a pretty good uh, scoop, I would say. As a couple of census workers are now coming out and blowing the whistle and saying, "Hey, you know, um, I went to work to you know take census uh, uh, to do census work, going door to door, and I was hired and fired three or four times. And the reason why is because when the census department fires you and hires you, they get to report a new job created to the labor department to prop up the numbers." Ooh, yeah, that's big, isn't it? That's great. Is and 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 that makes sense. More had, government scams. Yeah, they had uh, a little jump, you know. In uh, although the unemployment rose, but oh, we cre- even Bill Maher was like, oh, we're working. We created more jobs. No, they're just firing and hiring people to 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 prop up the numbers. It's like a million people. Yeah, because the, the guy fired. That, that doesn't get, the, the the unemployment is based on at least the way they do it now is based on, uh, on on filling out the forms and starting to get unemployment. So you fire and hire somebody fast enough, they never get to the unemployment number, and they just get hire, another high, just doubles up their hiring numbers. It's ridiculous. Which brings me to the clip, Lying Necessary, which introduces a guest that's going to talk on uh, C-SPAN, but I just, I just thought this introduction was, was worth the price of admission. University of California at Berkeley history professor Martin Jay discusses when, how, and why lying in politics may not only be acceptable, but necessary. <laughs> University Press Books in Berkeley, California hosts the hour-long event. Because it's good for you, slave. <laughs> oh, when is that on? Oh, that's mint. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm sure you, I think it was actually on the blog, um, uh, Peter Schiff, who is a, a gold shill. Yeah, totally. You know, he, and, and he sells gold. I mean, he, he's probably got one of these outfits, send, send me your gold, I'll send you cash, whatever it is. But it was kind of funny the way uh, the host reacted when uh, he starts going on about, oh, you got to, I've been advising people, buy gold, gold, the government's printing money, gold is the only sound investment, and they pull the plug, and the host comes back and actually says it. At this moment, is that, is the fear of the value of paper currency a valid one, and is gold a valid response before we get into the subtleties or not-so-subtleties of how you go about it? Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, I've been selling gold to my clients now for almost 10 years, and when we started buying it for clients, it was under $300 an ounce and now it's you know twelve hundred dollars an ounce and uh, the government continues to print money in greater quantity <laughs> government didn't like what uh, what peter had to say uh, <laughs> that's a radigan that's, that's that so dylan radigan guy yeah the government didn't like what peter had to say well yeah, you know, he's got a sense of humor yeah but how funny is it really <laughs> i mean honestly well, they brought him back yeah, but it happens all the time. It happens to our show. At least it didn't happen. Well, today we're just flaky, but yeah, it happens all the time. 
there's just somebody in the background with the with you know, the there's a big control room someplace in in Langley, and the guys <laughs> watching all this. Hey, there's one. There's one over there. Camera yeah, sixteen. Pull, there was, that uh, shit. pull it, man. Pull ready? it now. Ready? Pull it now. Pull it now. <laughs> pull ah, it. Good, 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 good. That's a good one. Hey, that was funny, man. Oh, did you hear what he said? <laughs> the TSA is going to start. We don't believe that, by the way. Right. The uh, TSA is uh, starting a new list. Um, it's keeping records of people who make its screeners feel threatened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the this same like, list that the guys are threat, supposedly threatening the global warmists. Yeah, yeah. So if uh, if you scour, they will put you on the list. So now I'm just trying to be happy now. Hi. I'm always smiling. When I, actually, I, I, I'm deadpan the whole time. No, I'm, 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 I've resorted to smiling, so they can't figure it out. you look like a woman from Nebraska. They, they, some of these people that don't travel a lot, you see them in these airports, and they're just Hi. so happy to be traveling. They just got out of you know Nebraska for the first time in their life, and they're nothing just against as Nebraska. to be taking their shoes off. We have nothing against Nebraska, by the way. No, I love Nebraska. It's a good state. Got good beef there. <laughs> and hopefully they'll have some independent slaughterhouses. <laughs> um. The uh, assault on salt continues. Speaking of your food, there, uh, a couple, a uh, couple good links in the show notes at noagendashow.com. It's happening in Australia as well now. They call it the Great Salt Shakeup. And uh, in this article at the bottom, um, it says right here in March, leading manufacturers and retailers meeting as part of the Rudd government initiative agreed to salt reduction targets in a variety of bread and breakfast cereals. And they will uh, continue their discussions. That bread is tasteless enough. Yeah. You need some salt in your bread. And then the, uh, and I love all the puns that everyone, instead of doing some real. Hello, I'm Dr. Sandra Freihofer. I'm sorry. This is like a a doctor site. Uh, what is it? Uh, Medscape.com. I actually had to register and uh, and I had to say I was press and not a doctor. Otherwise, you have to answer all these other questions. Um, and so everyone has these nice puns. Shake the salt out of industry. The next step in preventing hypertension. And I've got this woman here who you've already heard try to start four times in like a, the most horrible amateurish produced video ever. Medicine Matters. Hello and welcome. Dr. Sandra Freihofer, welcome to Medicine Matters. Hello. The topic, salt. Why skimping (laughs) on salt is best, both physically and fiscally. Here's why it matters. Fiscally. Salt is the main source of sodium in food. Sodium intake raises blood pressure. High blood pressure is a major risk factor for heart disease and stroke. Healthcare costs due to hypertension total more than $73 billion a year. So this is what it's about? This is what we're supposed to be learning? Lowering salt intake lowers blood pressure. And now, two new studies use computer models to quantify how skimping on salt can save lives and save money. Right. Computer models. So go take a look Here at those. Yeah, the people who brought you Ashmageddon are now bringing you the assault on salt. With computer models, it's proven it will save us billions. Computers don't lie. No, absolutely. They just trade funny. So, uh, yeah, well, it's more depressing. Let's go. I, let's, can we return to some... Uh, Something light? Of, Maybe some real news? I, I got a real news. Two real news items. And now, back to real news. 
So I, I want you to th- just think about this. I, I didn't listen to the interview. I just listened to the teaser for it. Uh, Jesse James is going to, you know, spill his guts, you know, trying to get his ratings up on his show, which is a this, this associative thing here. But they, when you talk, when they talk to this guy, you have to imagine him sitting down with Sandra Bullock and the two of them maybe having a serious conversation. I don't know about you, but he sounds like a like like a like a twelve year old with both both the way he talks, his voice doesn't have any any resonance. Uh, but play the Jesse James clip and tell me what you think. BC, why did you throw it away? I don't know. You know, during the midst of all of it, and when I was doing it, at one, I knew it was horrible. It made me feel horrible. And two, I knew I would get caught eventually, and I think I wanted to get caught. <laughs> I mean, is this, am I missing something here? I mean, what was, is, is he like a beard for her? Because she, you know, adopted a baby. Obviously, I mean, they would have gotten pregnant or something. She would have gotten pregnant, it seems to me, if they wanted to have a kid. She adopts a baby, and I mean, is there, is she, is there something, this story's fishy. The whole Jesse James, Sandra Bullock thing is fishy. She's America's sweetheart, John. Are you implying she may be a lesbian? Did she sign the lesbian treaty? (laughs) She wasn't allowed to vote on it. (laughs) No, I'm not saying there's no evidence of it, but it just seems to me that this, this, you know, just listening to this guy, I mean, he just sounds like a kid. Yeah, it is. Uh, and like, I, I, I think I wanted to get caught. Sandra Bullock. So I got another one, which is I got, uh, this is an interesting segue. They, apparently Nancy Grace, they can't do their own kind of jazzy intros. So she uses the, they brought up this, this Benet Ramsey guy, that, that wimpy looking guy that's, I thought this was an old news story, but she just ran it again. Uh, you know, that guy who was hauled back from Asia after saying he killed a little... Ben, John you know, Benet Ramsey. John yeah. Benet Ramsey. I can't remember his name. It comes up in this clip. But this is a clip from Inside Edition that segues to Nancy Grace. So the, so she put, put this clip on, and I record the whole thing because it's one of the jazziest, weirdest, one of the absolute weirdest, you know, one of those intro uh, teasers that I've ever seen. It just jumps from things to things. And there's, in the middle of it, there's a, it sounds like it was done by that guy who used to do the cartoons with the wolf, uh, Chuck Jones, where you have the, or one of the other guys, that it, there's a horn that honks in the middle of it as though it's like a car- <laughs> comic or cartoon uh an old cartoon from the 40s, but anyway, play it. The man who once claimed he killed John Benet Ramsey. I love John Benet. That's my little girl. John Markar. Protecting people who are innocent is important to me. The man who once falsely admitted to killing beauty queen John Benet Ramsey. Her death was, was an accident. Is reportedly under investigation for cyber stalking. It was so obvious and there was no way I could hide it. Samantha Spiegel told Inside Edition that she first met Carr when she was nine. No. 19-year-old Samantha Spiegel says she first met Carr. John Mark Carr. When she was nine years old. Mentally unstable. And he was her substitute teacher at school. Attention-seeking. Twisted uh, sense of logic. Unwell. They reconnected over video chat and email. Oh, he didn't want me talking to males of any sort. John Mark Carr is back. Although we can't exactly find him, he's allegedly disguised <laughs> as a woman, even changing his name. What's the new name, Jenkins Aris? 
The new name is Alexis Valoran Reich. But okay. Nancy, I- okay, I am now completely mind controlled. It works. It, isn't that amazing? I'm up to date. I and know what's, what's the important. horn honking in the middle of that clip? <laughs> That's to mess with your psyche. So they're like, eh, important, uh, uh, important stuff coming now. Wow. Yeah, that's almost like a, a morning zoo uh, promo. It was amazing. I mean, I'm watching this thing going, this is like, you know, we're talking about how supposedly the younger generation, uh, you know, they can't, there's ADD is like a, an epidemic. Nobody can pay attention to more than a few things. And I was talking about this with my wife. People who've come up over the, you know, from the, the, the white, the, not the white gym, but the millennials, millennials, or whatever they call them. Millennials. They, uh, millennials. They have a short attention span. They won't, they, they, they can't watch a movie that is done before 1940 because it's too slow moving for them. Uh, they've been, they've been brought up on jump cuts. And you can basically just program the crap out of them with this kind of just, you know, it's inundation with quick, 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 you know, two second, three second. You know, we do that at Mevio that some of the, they, they try to move through clips pretty quickly in some of these promos. But it's not like this. This it's is like nothing, nothing compared to this. This is outrageously quick. Yeah, this is like, this is bang, 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 and, which takes a lot of time to do, by the way, uh, for people out there, because you have to, you know, it's one second of this and one second of that. Uh, it's It was just astonishing to me. I'm going to have to start watching Inside Edition and pull it out, down some of these, because these are really top of the top of the line. And also, what you're not, you're not seeing all the words that are on the screen at that very moment. Right, and the, and the visual clips. Oh, yeah, the clips, and of course, there's probably a streamer underneath. A, uh, yeah, no, it's loaded. I mean, just listening to it is bad enough. If you actually watched it, it would be you'd, you'd be drooling by by the time and it's, the whole thing's fifteen seconds or so. Yeah, no, I mean, this, but this is absolute mind control. I feel up to date. I know everything now. I know a lot. Mm-hmm. I know. It's and you important. got it in a very short period of time. I need to go do some work now. <laughs> Uh, Eric the Shill is saying that uh, yet another Foxconn suicide last night. This is now number 11. Uh, and uh, I was reading some report. This is the, the Chinese company. The factory that makes your iPad. Yeah, this is a, a complex, like 40,000 workers. This is huge. And it takes Apparently two, hour- it, yeah, right. it takes two it- hours to walk around the perimeter. Yeah, it's a big, they actually have uh, both Foxconn and Quanta, the other big operation in China. They essentially, uh, it's almost like uh, you have a steel mill at one end, mm-hmm. a metal processing plant goes forward, 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 and out comes a computer at the other side. I mean, it's just unbelievable. These and, guys think big. And the, uh, oh yeah, and the CEO of uh, Foxconn, who apparently, I didn't know this, started... Uh, building knobs for channel changers on remote controls uh, or on television sets. Front of the, uh, and he borrowed like 60 bucks from his mom or something and built this into a $40 billion uh, factory. So yeah. he's like, you know, he's like, hey, he, he made a statement which they retracted saying, uh, well, we really uh, feel bad. We got to do something about this. We're building safety nets. <laughs> <laughs> For when they jump out of the window, it's like, and people are like, ah, that may not be a great PR move, dude. You may not want to say that. (laughs) Safety nets. This is crazy. Hey, your new uh, uh, deputy prime minister in uh, Gitmo Nation East, there over in the UK, 
Um, you know, part of his platform, this elitist uh, from uh, Dutch origin, Nick Clegg, uh, a lot of what he was running on in the early days was, uh, remember this uh, hacker, Gary um, McKinnon, the kid who broke into NASA's computers and discovered that oh, right. yeah, there was yeah, a list, a of, a list of off-world officers, i.e. who were on the moon-based uh, space station. Um, right. So he said. So the, the U.S. wants to extradite him to throw him in the slammer, probably for like you know, know fifty, sixty years. And uh, Clegg, before he was uh, deputy prime minister, it's like, yeah, no, this is crazy. This can't happen. This is not. We're not going to do this. Uh, you know, he's a, a, a citizen of the royal empire. And uh, yesterday he says, well, I might not have the power to do that. <laughs> I may not be able to help him. We may just have to put him on the high-speed train and send he him off. Yeah, it's like Napolitano and her, you know, she was governor of Arizona and she was pushing for these, you know, all the same draconian stuff they're trying to do with, you know, under heavy criticism when she was there. And now she's, no, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, what is, you know, these politicians are terrible. I mean, I, I would like to get a, I still want to document all the Obama promises that just fell through the cracks and nobody cares about. We still have a number of clips we should go back and dig out. My favorite being, of course, we're going to get right out of Iraq. And the first thing he's going to do is shut down. I promise you this, that if we have not gotten our troops out by the time I am president, it is the first thing I will do. I will get our troops home. We will bring an end to this war. You can take that to the bank. That one? Yeah. What happened? What changed? Well, we took it to the bank, and the bank went bust. <laughs> and then we to had the to bank. bail out the bank. You can take that to the bank. We had to bail out, taking it to the bank. Yeah, the most uh, emailed story, which is another piece of fine propaganda, which, speaking of technology, which just doesn't make any sense, this is not how the technology works as far as I'm educated is this BBC story, I'm sure you got a couple of emails about this, John, about the RFID virus. <laughs> Here it is. Now, we've heard before of chips being implanted in the body, mm. but here at Reading University, they're looking at something else. What happens oh. when one of those chips gets a computer virus? Well, here's Dr. Mark Gasson, uh, surrounded by uh, uh, forms of robotic equipment. By the way, the guy looks like he has a virus. He's like hollow-eyed. He looks really bad. Uh, what is this research actually about? Well, we're very interested in uh, new applications of technology and implantable technologies. So um, RFID tags have been used some time for implanting in animals, for example, to identify them. Uh, if they go missing, you can scan them, get a number, and cross-reference that with a database. Now, listen, here comes the propaganda part. This is why, because actually they're saying RFID is good. But this technology has really developed over the last five or ten years. And um, really, now we should consider these devices to be more like little computers. They can store information. Which is bullcrap, by the way. Manipulate information, do simple computations. So when we're implanting this type of device, really we're in, implanting a, like a miniature computer. Now, you've actually got a chip implanted in your hand, haven't you? Yeah, I have yeah, one there. in my hand. What that allows me to do is, for example, have secure access to the building. Um, it allows me to use my mobile phone because it can recognize, the, the phone can recognize me via the chip, but no one else can use my phone. So these are fairly simple applications of this technology, but with these... Right. So, so, so wait, wait, hold on a second. 
what phones have an inducer on them that can trigger an RFID chip? None, to- none. It's a propaganda piece. It's trying. People are going to go. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, no one can steal. Oh, no one can get into my house. It could only be me. This is a propaganda piece. The whole piece is boring. The guy doesn't have a virus. You can't put a virus on an RFID chip. All it does is broadcast a number. You know, and then he goes straight into all these other implantable. He goes, he shows a pacemaker and all kinds of weird stuff. This is, as far as I'm concerned, just the BBC telling you that it's coming. You know, it's coming. It's unavoidable. It's cool because no one will be able to rip off your cell phone, your iPhone. Oh, no one can steal my iPhone because it won't work without the chip. So that's good. It's propaganda. It's getting people ready for it. Yeah. Well, they've been they've been working on that for a while. And in Gitmo Nation, Lowlands just announced uh, at Schiphol Airport, which, by the way, has a very fast customs uh, border crossing. I've, I've never had to stand there very long. They do check your passport no matter where you come from. Uh, they have a separate line for the EU visitors. They do have the iris uh, scan uh, fast track if you want. But uh, now they're going to allow you to step into a little box that will check your biometrics, your passport's RFID chip, and will take a picture of you. And then you can move on. Why would you want to do that? Because it will be the only way to get into the country. Oh, so they're going to take a picture of everybody coming into the country? Yep. That should be quite a collection. Well, the U.S. does it. When you come to the border in the U.S., they take a picture of you. I've never had that happen. Uh, if you, well, you're a citizen. If you're not a citizen, they have a little webcam. You've never seen that? They take no, your finger, I never have. Fi- oh yeah, fingerprints and uh, webcam. Oh yeah. And by the way, so US- there's a little webcam like Costco uses for their it's, cards. Yeah, it's, it's a Logitech. I, I'm not kidding. It's a, <laughs> a on, Logitech. Yes, it's a. I'm not kidding you. It's a Logitech on a, one of those swan neck uh, bendable thingies. And they have, they they bend it down and point it at you, and they take a picture. Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so first might of all, be quite a collection. So, if you don't get your new passport with the RFID chip, you will uh, not be able to travel. That's part of the message here. Yeah, well, that's probably true. So, uh, yeah, just step into the little box. Oh, we're only taking a picture of you. Don't worry, we're not scanning you for anything else. Mm. Gitmo. I'm getting Not good. Another fine, depressing show. Yeah, I know, I know. This yeah, is people. You know, it's hard to get. I think a lot of people would like to send us the donation at noagendashow.com or dvark.org/na, but then they get bummed out. So what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> well, this. You know, I got a lot of flack for my comments on uh, bipolar disease. Yes, which uh, used Deserve, to be no, deservedly which, so. No, I no. I'm I'm going to defend that. Because I, uh, I did a little bit of research. Uh, so bipolar is only a politically correct name for manic depressed. Because uh, that didn't sound good, I guess. We had to make it sound more friendly. But, uh, you know, of course, Wikipedia, you can look at what they say. But I went to the Mayo Clinic. They don't actually know what causes it. Then th- There is no proof that it is a chemical imbalance. In fact... It states quite clearly, stress, abuse, significant loss, or other traumatic experiences may play a role in bipolar disorder. And I think a lot of people who are stressed out by fucking Nancy Grace clips are getting bipolar disorder. That's what does it to you. 
I think it's always possible that it could be a uh, environmental thing that 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 pushes it. They say genetics. It could be genetics. It could be uh, a hor- or hormonal imbalance, but they're not giving you hormones. They're giving you neurotransmitter mess with your brain drugs. It doesn't say anything about a chemical imbalance in the brain. It's people, you know, people get messed up. They get messed up by the signals that are coming into their heads. You know, just turn off your television. All the news you need to know, we'll give you. Two hours, four hours a week is enough depression. And at least you get some Lindsay Lohan boob news. And by the way, it's four hours without inter- commercial interruption. Just, there's a, there's a plea for help. That's about it, <laughs> and uh, that which saves everybody at least one hour, uh, at least or more a week in their own time. What's your what is your time worth? That's what, the, what we're actually asking to give us. If your time's worth 150 bucks an hour, which many people it is, or more, fine. If it's fifty dollars an hour, or what what do you get paid? Ten. Um, Usually the ten dollar people aren't listening to us. They're drinking. They're, they're working. They're they're chained to the Foxconn uh, workbench. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it would be appreciated. And uh, I'd, I'd so I'd like to end with one of your uh, happier clips. After I uh, just mention, if you didn't know, Andrew Wakefield, Doctor Wakefield, who is uh, the doctor who in nineteen ninety eight uh, released a study. Uh, link, linking MMR vaccinations to autism, which I believe to be true, mainly because of the uh, mercury that's in there as a preservative, uh, was uh, thrown out of the medical profession. Yeah, I know. I got a kick out of that. <laughs> they took away his license because yeah, they kicked, because they didn't you know, kick him out of the country. The yeah. science is in. <laughs> Just throw the guy out. <laughs> It's just unbelievable. They took away his license. You don't know what you're talking about, slave. They are safe. Damn <laughs> we it. say so. You know, the yeah. Department of We Say So. <laughs> Hello, I'm uh, the uh, secretary of the Department of We Say So. Shut up, slave. All right. Let's play me out of here with something fun, John. You must have something left. No, I have nothing left, what but I do have the us follow on Twitter. Us on Twitter. Yeah, what's that? Hit it. Oh. And follow us on Twitter. <laughs> and house house college bullcrap is that not funny? Oh, this is an interesting one. Yeah, play house college bullcrap. This is you know they besides trying to steal all the money from the public, you know these universities have cranked up their fees. Or their states don't help out anymore, so they're trying to enslave all the students by pushing them toward. Well, you'll see. This is a gentleman from New York. Seek recognition. Mr. Speaker, I move that the House suspend the rules and agree to House Resolution 1353 as amended. The clerk will report the title of the resolution. House Resolution 1353. Resolution supporting the goals and ideals of Student Financial Aid Awareness Month to raise awareness of student financial aid. Pursuant to the rule of the gentleman from New York, Mr. Bishop, and the gentleman from Tennessee, Mr. Rowe, each will control 20 minutes. The chair recognizes the gentleman from New York, Mr. Bishop. Mr. Speaker, I request five legislative days during which members may revise and extend and insert extraneous <gasps> material on House Resolution 1353 into the record. That objection so ordered. Mr. Speaker, I yield myself as much time as I may consume. Gentleman is recognized. I rise today in support of House Resolution 1353, which expresses support for the goals and ideals of Student Financial Aid Awareness Month. 
This month is an important part of increasing awareness of the many financial aid options available to young people preparing to go to college. With the cost of college rising rapidly every year, it has become increasingly critical that students take full advantage of their options for financial aid, including grants, loans, and scholarships. The passage of the Health Care and Education Reconciliation Act of 2010, the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009, the Higher Education Opportunity Act of 2008, and the College Cost Reduction and Access Act of 2007 all increased the amount of aid available and improved access what to student aid for millions of students and their families. It never happened. No. You can stop. No. <laughs> Where's the college cost reduction? <laughs> he meant uh, increase. What is this bull crap? This whole thing is a ridiculous situation. They're going to make it a let's make it a celebratory month where people can become aware of the fact that you can take a, out a college loan because you know what these college these kids coming out of high school nowadays going to college are so stupid that they don't even know this. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. So yeah, that's that, not lighthearted. I, I, I'm going to have to put some comedy clips into this thing once in a while. I'll give you something lighthearted then. Uh, I don't have a clip of it because I didn't have time to because uh, I was traveling. Uh, there is a Senate bill which uh, I think was signed yesterday. I don't know if I had time to do it because they're so busy extending the House rules. And uh, it's called Rosa's Law would replace the term retarded mental retardation retardation and mentally retarded individual with intellectual disability <laughs> an individual with an intellectual disability well did you want to go burn some books while you're at it <laughs> you it will be illegal to use the word retardation what do you mean illegal? Uh, in any federal documents or law or any anything that is that happens in Washington, the word mental retard- retardation will not be allowed to be used. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there's a number of humorous avenues we could go down with this, but I'm going to avoid all of them. No, it's clearly, uh, they're trying to, it's against aviation. Once again, you can't retard your speed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah there were better ones, I know. <laughs> all right. Yeah, let's end the on a bomb. deconstruction on Sunday of the uh, news article that will be interesting. Uh, hey, and what, what is propaganda what is into the public domain as usual. It's, it's, it's not good. When is that? And there's uh, not, I think now that we've gone into rerun seat. What? Uh, don't don't break up now. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <coughs> of course. Well. I guess uh, I'm just going to have to end the show by myself then. Uh, the entire internet in the whole hotel has now uh, gone down. Hey, good job, everybody. Great. It's great being on the road. Please support this show so we can just sit at home in our underwear and do the program the way it should be done. It's been a rough one, but hey. 
Dvorak.org slash NA or support the stream. By the way, it's not the stream's fault. It's purely the connection at the wonderful courtyard by Marriott that uh, I'm seeing now is completely down, completely gone. Uh, you can support the stream by going to Dvorak.org slash NAS. So this is the part where I would say I'm coming to you from the Marriott Courtyard Crackpot Command Center in San Francisco, California, Gitmo Nation West, where life is a bitch. My name's Adam Curry. And John would say, it's still garbage day. Why are they so loud? I'm John C. Dvorak, somewhere in northern Silicon Valley. We'll talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service back at home base right here on No Agenda. No Agenda.